This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Oh, welcome, one and all, to the Aftershock Central Podcast. Yes, we're back again this week. Even though, Ronnie, correct me if I'm wrong, there were no books this week. There were absolutely zero. Great. Well, not great, but great. Well, technically, Riders in the Storm Volume 1 came out, so... Yeah, the trade. Yeah. Did you pick that up? Um, it's on its way. Mm. I didn't get it at my LCS, so... I forgot to order it, so uh, I need to correct that. In, uh, in, in typical Nerd Legion fashion, I might just order it on Amazon while we're on here. Who knows? Aaron, Aaron and I did that the other day. I know. I heard the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I heard the episode. Anyways, yes, I'm Martin. Ronnie's here. Jack's still MIA. Jack has uh, has quit comics. He said the only good comics worth reading are Marvel comics. For shame. That's what he said. I don't think anybody else agrees, but that's what he said. Anyways, what are we talking about today, Ronnie? We have two books to talk about that came out last week. We do. Because uh, I think we were going to record last week, but what happened? I didn't fall asleep. Was I working? You fell asleep. Did I fall asleep? Yeah, you did. Dang it. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you didn't believe me the next morning, and then I sent you the screen grab, remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. So apparently last week I fell asleep. <laughs> And then uh, we're both busy, so we're recording this week, which is fine, because now we get caught up, and then we'll be good to go for next week. And uh, we'll be talking about Fujitsu number two and the uh, Dark Arc number two. That's right. Which one do you want to start with? Um, let's do Dark Arc first. You read my mind, sir. Dark Ark is uh, Cullen Bunn and Wando, Ryan Hill and Letters, and uh, yeah. This book's getting intense, dude. Yeah, it's getting inten- intense and complex all at the same time. Yeah, it's really complicated. I, uh, I gotta say, out of the two books that Cullen Bunn's doing for Aftershock, this is my favorite of the two. He has a, doesn't he have a, another coming out? Um, maybe. It might be for another publisher, I can't remember. I know that somebody had announced another Colin book, uh, Colin Bunn book coming out. But, uh, yeah, between um, Unholy Grail and this one, I would say this one is uh, far and above my favorite. Um, I think this one's a lot more character-centric, whereas Unholy Grail is more story-centric. Yeah, the pacing... Like uh, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. where with Unholy Grail, we wanted more to breathe life into the situation yep. instead of jumping around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this book was uh, it, it was really interesting. There's so I think at the end of the first issue, uh, one of the Naga sea witches got killed by something we don't know what right and so this issue picks up from that and there's there's trouble on the dark arc because now all the monsters want to kill themselves or want to kill each other 
Um, including the captain. Including the captain. Well, well, especially the captain. So, so I have a question about that. So we know what's his name. We know that he made a deal with the devil, basically. Uh, that's shown in the first issue. He made a deal with the devil because um, God sent the flood down. Okay, so Noah's in a different ark with his family. That's that's still here. Um, God sent the flood down to destroy all the wickedness and whatever. And part of that was going to be all these monsters that are in the dark ark. Right. The now, useful ones. Correct. And that's that's actually mentioned here because as, as part of the argument about who killed the the sea witch, um, what's his name? Nex, the uh, the vampire. Uh-huh. He 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 starts talking about how you know the the ship captain made a deal uh, with the devil about to save his family and this and that, and like he doesn't really care about the monsters. He's just out to save his family and this and that. My question to you is why. Are why are all these monsters willing to let this guy command them? Because even when they're like, "Well, you're just a man. We're not gonna. We don't care what you say. We're doing, we're going to do whatever we want. We're going to, you know, kill your family and all the other humans." Even when they say that, they don't do it. Right, and that was what I thought of during issue one, which may be out of left field, but. Like Noah getting all the animal, all the useful good animals on the ark. Okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know they're they can be herded that way, but all of these can't talk or can talk and have minds of their own. So why would they even go onto the dark ark to begin with? You see what I'm saying? Well, I mean. They're on the dark arc, so they can be saved, right? I mean, I see what you're saying, but if the whole world is flooded, oh uh, yeah, well, I was yeah, because it's like you'd have the conspiracists. Yeah, right, 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 right off the bat, like we're just gonna go up and then wait until we're in a good solid spot, and then we'll wreak havoc or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I guess every species, except for maybe the unicorns, would think like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they keep cutting to the unicorns in here. Um, I think it, it happens twice where like there's some kind of argument going on, and then you cut to the unicorns, and they like narrate a line or two that like continues the story and shifts it to a different viewpoint. And I think that's that's pretty slick of uh, of Colin Bunn to do. Yeah. Um, so does that mean that there's dodo birds on the dark arc too? Well, I mean, and dodo birds aren't mythical beasts. They were real, real birds. Oh, that's true. So they'd be on Noah's Ark. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's kind of funny that they have the unicorns there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am curious though. Um. So like the the Naga. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, aren't Naga kind of like, they're kind of like mermaids because they live underwater, but they're they're not like half fish. They're half snake. So, why would they be affected by the flood? Right, yeah, exactly. Why would uh, they have to stay on the ark? Right, because if at the end of this issue, spoiler alert, there's there's some monsters that are swimming underneath the uh, the ark. Maybe that's why they're on the ark, because they're not as powerful as those monsters. 
Uh huh. See, now that makes sense. Um, I I, I have getting that feeling from the beginning because they keep, dude. These monsters talk a lot of smack. Oh yeah, they do. They talk a lot of smack. It sounds like our private chat group. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's true. Um, they talk a lot of smack, but you know, like I said, they're they're following this guy who's just a man. And part of me is like, I want to see why they would follow him, right? So we know he's a warlock of some sort, a sorcerer. Is he that powerful that they're just scared of him because they know his abilities? Right? I mean, I know he made a deal with the devil, so obviously they know that, right? Or they do now because next knew the vampire. Yeah, well, it, it, it's like he, he isn't that powerful, though, because they're like smack talking him, though. You know what I mean? Well, they smack talk them, but they don't attack them. Well, that's true too. And when when after they have that first big argument, and the werewolves uh, get out from underneath the ark, they go straight to where the uh, the human food slaves are being kept, and they want to attack those. I mean, they could have easily attacked Orin's family, right? Right. right. Well, what wasn't two of them down there? That was trying to save the girl that's down there. No, 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 no. Uh, they were going down there. Yeah, they were on. They were going down there, and then they were told not to go. But then they went after Kroll saves the people from the werewolves. Uh, I gotcha. Um, yeah, the daughter and one of the sons. And then it's not a Gryffindor, but a Gryffindor. It, remind, <laughs> it reminds me of one. <clears throat> you talking about Kroll? Yeah. Yeah, he's a manticore. Okay. Um, which I try to look it up. So manticores are kind of like sphinxes, and apparently manticore means man-eater. But that seems appropriate. Yes, but he doesn't seem like much of a man-eater, because he's trying to save these people. I thought he ate that one slave, like, right in front of him. No, he ate all the werewolves that were attacking the slaves. Oh, right in front of them. Right. Yeah, which well, I mean, okay. that was weird, right? So, yeah. but that kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying before about maybe they're not as powerful as they think they are. You know, because yeah. maybe crawl. So we know crawl has a soft spot for one of the the slaves, yeah, right? And so that's why all the monsters keep making fun of him and this and that. Uh, but he, he acts really tough, and so maybe that's part of the scare tactics, right? Is yeah. he, he kills these werewolves in front of him, makes them watch as he tears them, you know, tears them apart and eats them. And maybe that's just to scare them so that they he can continue being a scary monster or whatever after the flood, you know? Right. Because, um, like, Nex is telling the story about how before the flood, there were tons of monsters everywhere. And humanity was deathly afraid. Well, what if they're just afraid because they act scary, not because they actually are scary? Yeah, that makes sense. We, uh, I don't know if, I'm sure you've seen it. Have you ever seen Little Monsters? That Yo, 80s yeah. movie? We just watched that uh, a couple days ago. And it kind of... Fred Savage in it? Yeah, it was Fred Savage and his brother. Oh, yeah. His real life brother played his younger brother in the uh, in the movie. In the movie, and the the monster's Howie Mandel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we just watched that. And it kind of reminds me of this, right? Because in that, you know, there's monsters under the bed. And, of course, kids are always scared. But we find out that for them it's just like a game, right? They just go and prank kids. And it just so happens that kids get really scared of the monsters because they're weird looking. Kind of like Monsters, Inc. Exactly. The original, the yep. original version. Yep, exactly. So I wonder how much of that is, you know, I don't, I don't want to say inspiration, but how much of that is put into this book. Because um, we haven't seen them really do anything yet, these monsters. And yeah. surely they can easily... I mean, we know they can get out. The werewolves got out without a problem. Right. right. And like when the werewolves show up to eat the slaves, they're like, oh, well, there's nobody here to protect them. We can eat them now. So they're scared of Orin's kids? Like, that doesn't make sense either. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. So that's really interesting. Um, I, I do wonder how Nex knows this whole deal. The deal that Orin made with the devil. Yeah. But, I mean, he has to be one of the oldest living species, right? Sure. Right, right, right. So, I mean, with him being around the bush, you know, he... Because, you know, he seems like a conniver and... Right. gets his own way, so... Yep. Yeah, I guess so. I thought it was kind of funny when they kept saying that the uh, the vampires shouldn't be on the Ark because they're undead. <laughs> but all the all the other monsters are alive, so they deserve a spot on the Ark. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. I mean, that wasn't the deal that he made as a devil, but that was kind of funny that that's something that they think about, you know? Yep. Um, who do you think killed the Sea Witch? Honestly, it's up in the air right now. Yeah. Because I, I don't think the vampire did it, because that'd be too obvious. Yeah, it's too obvious. Um, because I don't really know what he would have to gain from it. Mm-hmm. And he seems like that person that's cold and calculated and needs to gain for himself mm-hmm. or for his kind, whatever. Yep. You know what would be and funny is uh, if, if the sea witch, nobody killed the sea witch, she just like tripped and fell and broke her head or something, you know? Or her mate did. So that was actually my idea because out of all the characters that keep coming up in in this discussion, um, the other sea witches are the only ones that I would think would do it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. maybe I I don't know if I, I, you said that maybe the the monsters swimming underneath the ark are something more powerful than these monsters, and that's why they want to be on the ark. Uh, but what if there's some other species that's maybe somewhat related to the sea witches and they want to take over the ark and that they kill this one sea witch. I can't remember her name. She had some weird name. Uh, they kill this one to set up this whole elaborate plot to take over the ark. Right? Yeah. Get yeah. everyone distracted. Yeah. And then they can just take over. I mean, that's possible. That's possible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a cool issue, man. It's a really cool issue. You want to rate this one up? Sure. Um, I'll give this one a solid four. Yeah? Um, I really enjoyed it, and the art's fa- fabulous on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just like everything that I like when I read it, the, some of the questions are answered, but other questions are brought up mm-hmm. and get you even more thinking. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. Um, I think I'll go the same. I'll give it a four. Uh, I just I, I dig it, and I think a lot of that is Juan Dozard. I just love everything he does. Um, I was trying to find. I need to look it up. He did some book a couple years ago uh, that was kind of post-apocalyptic with some kids, and I don't remember how it went. I gotta find it though and reread that. It was really good. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. Fujitsu. Yeah. Number two, it's uh, Jay Nitz, co-creator and writer, Wesley St. Clair, co-creator and artist, Maria Sintuala on colors, and uh, look, it's old Dave Sharp. That Dave Sharp's everywhere, man. Yes, he is. He is prolific. Mm-hmm. Prolific. Uh, all right, so, again, not going to recap this issue, but let me okay. just say... This is like the most fun thing I read every week that it comes out. Yeah, it's fantastic. Because it doesn't make any sense, but at the same time it does. You know? Like it's it's so nonsensical, but I could I could see it grounded in some kind of reality where I just don't care how nonsensical it is. And that that's kind of hard to do, really. Um but it is, especially with this issue, I think, more than the first, it is extremely heavily uh, influenced by manga and anime. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can see that. So if you're if you're a, an anime fan, you need to be reading this book. It's freaking awesome. Um, all right, so, so when the, the issue opens up, it's Orrin Hatch. Okay. And I thought this was weird. But it actually gave me a little time frame for when this is happening. Because it says today, and I was like, but Orrin Hatch is 46th president. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but then I thought about it, and I understood why. So Orrin Hatch is he's right underneath um, the VP in the Senate. Okay, So if the VP is not there then he would be like the president of the Senate. Okay. When when Trump was elected last November, Orrin Hatch was elected to be the designated survivor for the Republican Party. So do you, do you watch that show, by the way, on TV? Or do you know how designated survivor works? Yeah, I've seen – I'm not caught up on all the new ones, but – Okay. Yes. All right, so designated survivor is so when when there's an when the president's going to get sworn in, there's going to be two designated survivors, one Republican and one Democrat. So if something were to happen to the president, then there's a direct line of succession, right, until everything else can get done. So like the VP would have to get sworn in and all that, uh, but until then, like this person would be the president. And if for whatever reason, like, the whole cabinet gets killed, then the designated survivor would become president automatically until elections are held again. So, for Trump, Orrin Hatch was the designated survivor. So, it seems like... Is. Or is, yes. So, it seems like in this book, the timeline um, between this book and our real life is roughly the same until the election. And the assumption for me is 
Trump and his whole cabinet was killed, and Orrin Hatch became president um, as a, as a plot of Wadlow's. So my assumption is Wadlow killed Trump and the whole cabinet, and uh, Hatch became president in order to let Wadlow become president because he surrenders the United States to Wadlow in the first page. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so really, it's kind of complicated, but I thought it was really neat that something like that would be brought into this book because with the political climate nowadays. Um, it does give uh, it does give the writer a really interesting uh, way to talk politics without being political in the book. Because I mean, it's pretty quick when that happens. It's like one page and done, right? And then right. Wadlow is emperor of the uh, of the world, pretty much. Because um, right after that, we see the, all the news conferences about all the countries giving up control of their governments to Wadlow. So he becomes the first emperor of the world, running it out of the White House. Ironically. I- ironically. And at first I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? Like, at the end of the first issue? And I reread the first issue and I didn't miss anything. Uh, and then I remembered I'm reading Fujitsu and I should just uh, accept what is given yeah. to me on the page. That's right. Right. But you gotta remember that's hard to do a lot of times for comic readers, mm-hmm. right? Because you wanna you wanna follow continuity, and with this book, you just can't do that. It's like Jimmy's bastards, also. <laughs> <laughs> just just buckle in and enjoy the ride. Just buckle in and enjoy it. That should be our episode title. So, uh, oh, my dog got scared of the bell. <laughs> Bye, dog. It has to be the small one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's other stuff that's in here that's really interesting social commentary too. Uh, Fujitsu's partner, the android. Yes. We learned that she. Well, my assumption is he created her to be his girlfriend, or maybe he created her and then she became. Uh, self-aware, and then they started dating. Yeah. But she's a robot. Mm-hmm. Now, Ronnie, I gotta ask you. Hmm. Pretty soon, the robots are gonna take over the world. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not Siri, because she's not very smart. No, nope, not but, Alexa either. Well, I would think Alexa might. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I have her muted. Um... When somebody makes a robot that's self-aware, self-conscious, would you date that robot? If you weren't, let's say you weren't married, okay? You weren't married. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you date a robot, Ronnie? I'm putting you on the spot. Wow. I would probably, yeah. Especially if... Like, I made her in the image that I wanted to, and then she self-evolved. Mm-hmm. I was almost, it would almost be like the perfect mate. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, not, you know, for me, obviously. And then she would probably self-evolved and for somebody else or whatever. Right, right. right. They, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't see why not 
I think I'm going to agree with you, Ronnie. I think I'm going to agree with you. I don't I don't see why it would matter, right? Like if the robot is self-aware and conscious, I guess. Yeah. And she looks and feels like a regular person, then I don't see what the big deal would be. Yeah. Send all your hate mail to at who's Paul on Twitter. <laughs> um, I know some people are gonna think that's weird, but I don't. I don't see the big deal to be honest. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, it's coming. So, yeah, it's coming. Brace up, folks. You uh, you're not gonna make a living working the coal mines. I mean, they already have. Never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> Oh, the sex robots? No, we can talk yeah. about that because I, I mean that was gonna be my next thing, right? They've got sex robots. Yeah. So what's the difference of giving them self awareness? Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, man. Look, and then all of a sudden they turn into a real woman when you get married, and like <laughs> it's all done anyways. Then they just become a robot. And a <laughs> let's uh, let's be honest. You know, like people just bang everything, right? I mean, have you seen American Pie? You remember American Pie, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. If it's warm and kind of moist, chances are somebody will try it. Yeah. You said moist. Well, you that's know. That's funny. Sorry, ladies, listen to this podcast. I know that's the uh, number one most hated word. Yep. Besides but, uh, the C word. Yeah, besides the C word. Yeah. I apologize. I'll, I'll blank out the word. No, I won't. Um, plus, this, this robot's pretty hot, man. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? Does I I don't have the book in front of me, but does she actually look like a robot, or does she look like a human? No, she looks completely human. I mean, so when That's they what I'm saying. so like yeah, you don't even know that she is a robot. No, 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 no. If you look at her, she looks completely human. Now, when they when they start fighting the that group, which I'll get to next, uh, I mean, she she like one of her arms turns into a cannon or whatever, you know, and like yeah, right, right. yeah, but. Normally, she looks like a normal, like, I don't know, late 20s female. Which is kind of like weird, too, because, well, Fujitsu looks like he's 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 14 tops. Sure, sure. Um, it actually was kind of funny because, I mean, the discussion we just had, they kind of have, uh, as part of the, uh, the exposition I- into their character... Um, after Wilder takes over the world and they're watching the news, they start talking about their relationship. And, you know, she talks about how, like, he created her. Or she's like, yeah, I created you um, to be powerful and adaptive and whatever. And she's like, you created me to be a lamp. Um, you built the chassis, but I made me. Right. And I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting, not just because of the, the discussion that we're having about like dating a, a robot or AI or anything else, but like also all the the sexual harassment crap that's going on now in Hollywood and things like that. Um, like that's what I'm saying. This book talks about real issues, but in a way that isn't in your face. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all done through metaphor and through these characters, and it's it's really well done, right? Um, and as she says that, like, he realizes, well, maybe I'm kind of wrong and I'm being a douchebag. And, uh, he breathes out and it's like a little heart breath. That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, just a couple nice touching moments I, uh, I really dug. And, um, we get to meet a new supporting character in this issue, Albert Einstein, uh, which 
somehow will play into the weapon that Fujitsu is building to kill or stop Wadlow. Yeah. Um, and we know it's some kind of time thing, but they haven't quite specified what that is. Because um, I think, doesn't the sword that Wadlow have... It's not a time-based thing, right? It's just like a physics thing. Like, it can break the laws of physics. Right, yeah. That's what's so powerful. So. Um, and so, Fujitsu wants, is building this time-based weapon to stop Wadlow. Um, which I think plays into something that'll happen right after the fight um, with this group. But I want to talk about this group. Oh, this group is so great. It's amazing. So there's the death panel... Uh, which yes. is just like weird looking multi-headed thing. It's like There's, a playing card. It's, yeah, it's like a playing card. Yeah. There's Juggler, Juggler, Juggalo, who's literally a giant Juggalo. He's got a Juggalo hoodie on. Yep. Uh, Baron Van Punchausen, uh, who looks like uh, the, the Emperor of Austria, whatever, from World War One. Right. Uh, Widow Baker. Who's like a ninja with uh, a mixer? A mixer, and... yeah, <laughs> and an electric knife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sizzle reel, uh-huh. who is literally uh, film. Yeah, he, I guess a mummy made out of film. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And uh, the alt right hook, who I'm assuming is uh, some kind of Nazi, and he's got one giant arm with an SS tattoo on it, and one little tiny arm. Yep. Any worse suspense? Giant arm is the right one. Correct, because he's yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? Um, oh God, what was that team they had in uh, Quantum and Woody? Oh. You know what we're talking about? The one yeah, that Edison built. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that team. Yeah. We're like they just seem completely stupid, and it's hilarious, but they're kind of powerful at the same time. Um, and they, and they take themselves seriously, right? Right. Like we know it's kind of a joke, but they obviously don't think they're a joke. Right. Uh, and there's a there's a transformer in here, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, Fujitsu's building Optimus Prime. Like you can't say that's not Optimus Prime, right? Like that oh, is yeah, Optimus that's, Prime. <laughs> that's definitely Optimus Prime. Yeah. What's a different color scheme? Yeah, different color scheme, but it's Optimus Prime. And uh, so this team goes after uh, Fujitsu and the... Uh, oh, God, I wish I remember what her name was. Um, anyways, and, and the robot girl, and they start fighting it out. Um, and out of nowhere, another Fujitsu pops out of a portal and starts fighting our Fujitsu. Uh-huh. Um, and then disappears. But he's not Fujitsu. He's not Fujitsu. I thought he was Fujitsu. Well, he is, but it's like the opposite. Oh, right, right. He's anti-Fujitsu. Yeah. He's no-Jitsu. <laughs> didn't they give him a name? Did they? No. They did. No, no, they didn't name him. Because when they start fighting, Fujitsu's like, who are you? He's like, when? When are you? Why? You're asking oh, the wrong questions. Always, stand, always a step behind. Yeah. Um, so my assumption is that Fujitsu's building this time weapon to stop Wadlow and somehow creates either an alternate reality or maybe this is his future self in some way. Well, it's like it's like Bizarro to Superman, right? Sure, right, right, right. 
but the whatever super villain group is pretty spectacular because I was thinking about it and it's mm-hmm. like a villain for the decade each decade mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. right yep because like the jugglos obviously in the in the 90s yeah right yeah yeah I guess you're right um actually yeah I didn't even think about that that makes sense that makes total sense so after like, go ahead. so so like um the widow baker would be like reality TV cooking shows now I think yeah so sizzle reel I mean I, I assume that's maybe like 30s 40s right yeah I would say like that's when yeah when the silent movies came or whatever yeah yeah I like it I like it um, so after this whole thing Fujitsu gets knocked out by Nutjitsu and uh, sizzle reel and the widow baker kidnap the android and Fujitsu wakes up and gets inside Optimus Prime and hits the button. <laughs> <laughs> it's a go. So we know next issue there's going to be some awesome freaking kaiju fighting with this robot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be yeah. another giant something that he's going to fight. Yeah. Got to be. Um, which I'm, I'm kind of stoked for. I watched, uh, I don't usually watch anime. Um, but my brother does quite a bit, and he recommended me one a while back, which has been in my Netflix queue, and I finally watched it last night. It's uh, Gantz, Gantz O, I think it's called. And uh, at the end, there's like a giant robot demon kaiju fight thing, and it was freaking awesome. And I hope that that's what Fujitsu number three has in it. Yeah. Her name's Rachel. But... Rachel. Rachel it is. It's very non-Android name. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's rate this one up. I'll go first on this one. Uh, 13 out of 5. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is definitely a 5 out of 5 for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's so off the wall, wild, and crazy it is. Uh-huh. But if you actually like look at it, it's deep and complex in its own way just like how we broke it down you right. know what I mean yep. like how the subtle political stuff going on and everything but if like first glance you just read it and crazy stuff's happening everywhere <laughs> oh man yeah it's freaking awesome dude I yeah. just love it love it I didn't think I would love a book as much as I love this book <laughs> He's like Archer versus and Charlie Brown mixed. <laughs> or One Punch Man, isn't that what it is? Oh, One Punch Man, exactly like that, yeah. Yep. But it's still awesome. It is freaking awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> is uh is there a book next week or are we not having a book for another couple weeks? Um The Normals number six comes out next week. Oh, is that next week? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Forgive me. I don't know if it's the only one or not, but I know that that one comes out next week. No, you might be right. Because remember we had this guy. I think it was offline that we were talking about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there was nothing shown on the schedule for this week. Um, And no, it was two weeks ago when we had the last episode. Um, Or when we recorded the last episode. And... On the website, it had the normals coming out in November something. 
but we had gotten the preview copy early and on the solicits it was scheduled for October, but coming solid, you said November and we're all confused. Yep. All right. So it's just the normals then. As far as I know. Okay, good. Ooh, and we read that and that was a goodie. That was amazing. It yeah. was a goodie. Spoiler alert. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You think you know, but you have no idea. No whatsoever. idea. Yep. And speaking of loving AIs, there's a perfect example right there. There you there's go. There's a whole family of AIs. Whole family. But that Rachel. Woo. <laughs> mm. But that Rachel could be an episode title too. Dang it. Dang it. I forgot the other episode title, so we might just use that. Yeah, I don't even remember. Um, and I, know, I think the week after that, we have uh, Brilliant Trash is coming out. Yep. Finally, so that's exciting. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know we've been waiting for that for like a year now. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff. <clears throat> Penance should be coming out sometime soon, too. Uh, that's the last issue, too, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. It's It's in the November page, but it says it comes out December 20th. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, which actually, that kind of makes sense because they put the uh, January solicits out. Yes. And uh, Pestilence trade paperback is solicited for uh, January. For January. Okay. So that's a month after the last issue? Yeah, which makes sense, right? Right, yeah. Um, was there anything else that was in solicited that jumped out at you? Blood blisters coming back. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, we were talking about that. Blood yeah. Blister's back in January, and it looks like Phil Hester is writing and doing the art. Yeah. So that's exciting. That is exciting. And I'll make my comment here that I made in our private chat. Uh, I do love some Tony Harris. However, Phil is a master of his craft. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what the book looks like with Phil doing it. Yeah. So it's that's, that's be exciting. Amazing. Yeah, that's exciting. Because that's been on hiatus for... God, it's been a while, dude. Yeah, it's almost a... I want to say, like... Well, it was a month or two before C2E2, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because we were were talking to him about that at C2E2. It was summertime. When was C2E2? June? Yeah. Yeah. So, it was like... Yeah, because Jack and I did the interview with him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Before that. Man, oh man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, the book's back. And uh, like I said, I'm a huge Phil Hester fan, so I can't wait to see what he does. Uh, when he's doing the whole thing by himself. Yep. You know, and that's yep. that's hard to do, man. There's not uh, not many people do it anymore because it's, uh, it's a tough gig. Yep, that's true. Especially if you've got other stuff going on as well, so... That's right. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Hey, maybe we should have Phil back on before that. We will. Great. You want to tell the folks where they can find us? Um, they can find you at, on Twitter at Geekvine and me at Rombar316. And our Facebook group is Aftershock Comic Fans. And then you can tweet us collectively um, at AfterShockPod on the Twitter machine. Boom! Awesome. That's going to be it for us tonight, then. Have a good one.